Welcome back to another episode of the Dark Rum Podcast. My name is Kyle. And my name is not Matt. That's not Matt. Today, I'm Jared. I'm, no, your name is not Matt. I'm joined by not Matt. Not Matt. Because Matt once again escaped. We keep giving him an inch and he's just taking a mile. Multiple miles, I think. It's been hard to track him down. You say we, but you mean you because I still have chains on. I told you to watch the door. I can't get to the door because my chains aren't long enough. Uh, yeah, I'll put in a requisition with myself to see if I can figure out a new chain situation. Maybe I'll put like zip lines across so that you can move around with them. Anyway, with Matt being gone once again, doing God knows what with God knows who, we're going to take another easy week because the one thing that we know for sure is that I don't do research. Jared hates doing homework. And he loves short chains. Yeah, those are the two things that we know. Two two facts. And so I picked a, a fantastic movie. Mm. Probably <laughs> one of the greatest, most high-level dialogue, 80s, barely 80s slasher films that I've ever seen. Yeah. The movie Intruder from 1989. Why was this called Intruder. I don't know, actually, because, I mean, <laughs> nobody really intrudes. Yeah. Technically, the person doing stuff was supposed to be there. <laughs> no, he intruded. Uh, the intruder? He's in. I don't know. It should have been called, like, food library. They should have called it half off. <laughs> that That is true. Actually, that would have been really pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we're gonna start a we're gonna start an internet petition to change the name of the 1989 cult movie, not classic cult movie. Um, Intruder. There's no cult in it. There's a cult around There's no it. Cult. It was written and directed by Scott Spiegel, with a budget somewhere between a hundred thousand dollars USD and a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Thus, meaning one hundred and fifteen. It's based on. A book he wrote called Night Crew, which is a better, better name. name. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if it's actually he... a book. I don't. It just says it's based on Night Crew by Scott Spiegel. So I don't know if that was a book or if that's just what the original script was named, which is a better name. Yeah, it's a way better name. But uh, so it, uh, Intruder starts off with a, a, a bustling, busy grocery store. There was probably four people in four it. people in this grocery store. <laughs> this is a very low budget film. Um it does it does good with what it has. Uh it's just oh, this no, you grocery can, store. You can just tell where the budget went. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a while to get to where the budget got spent though. Oh yeah. There's a lot of lead up, a lot of a lot of misdirection trying to point fingers at the right people Honestly, and the wrong people. It felt like two different movies. No, it didn't. This was a we own the night kind of deal. I disagree. I feel like this movie was very solid in that it was one presentation of a film. I It's just there's a lot of buildup, which is nice sometimes. Sometimes. Some yeah. of the scenes in this movie were just very long. Do you know what I can, with the amount of buildup and then the amount of release, I can compare this movie to Constipation. Well, let's start with the best part. Aside from the fact that the very opening scene is is two grocery store clerks having a conversation that is not audible, really. Well, technically, the opening scene, the credits, it's just the moon. 
unchanging. <laughs> it's the moon unchanging. Yeah, for, you look up and you're like, oh, there's a title card, and there's nothing that happened before that or for after a that. Very long time. There was barely any sound cue before the title came up. And it was just the moon for what felt like an hour. I still let you know that it's the night crew. That's true, which would have been great if that was the title of the movie. If only we knew when their shift started, because it is very vague. And it's like, were they there all day? And now they're going to go all night? Yeah. Are they work? What time of day is it currently? When did the store close? It was apparently late enough to be closed, but not late enough for people that live in that town to know that the store was going to be closed. Or or it could be that they used to be open 24-7. And they had to change? And then there was some kind of crazy world-changing thing that happened. Like a pandemic or something. Nothing is closed <laughs> at, at open all night anymore. Yeah. Uh, it could have been that. Because I know the first time I tried to go to the grocery store at like 4 in the morning like three in the morning like yeah two in the morning i don't know in the morning very late yeah very late in the morning uh, and then i was disappointed yeah yeah the first time i went to a place that was 24 hours and then i was like 11 why you close at 11 <laughs> you've been 24 hours my entire life my whole life i i used to love shopping in the middle of the night it was the best time especially walmart walmart was the best to go to really really late when like seven people were in the store because you can do all your shopping and no one fucking bothered you. That was all you. I uh, I preferred going to like the grocery store, the food library. Um, which, which speaking of food libraries and grocery stores, let's talk about the fact that this is definitely an actual functioning grocery store. Somewhere. Oh yeah, this is not a set. This is a they they found a small town grocery store in California and we're like, hey, I need you like after you close to, to let, let us, us borrow this. The whole damn thing. They're like, how much of the store do you need? They're like, every single inch of this store is going to be in this movie. So make sure it's all presentable. And at times, every inch of the store is going to be in this movie at one time. Because there's a lot of like really high up. Oh, yeah. They show down shots. Like, I remember the first one of those that they show. I was just like, why are there so like this grocery store has maybe 10 aisles, but it also has like 10 registers. It, yeah, I think it had more than 10 registers. It had it had an almost Walmart level of registers. I was like, just like 15, 16 registers. What the fuck? <laughs> and it sounds like we're not like like saying nice things about this movie. I liked it enough to be like, Jared, you have to watch this movie now. And I watched it. And he thought it was very funny. It's a very funny movie. It's that's one of the reasons I love bad B low low budget B movies is because is this they, a B movie? It has a budget of a hundred thousand dollars, Jared. That's a C movie at this point. And on top of it, on top of it, one of my favorite directors of B movies is in this movie. And so is his brother. And so is his brother. Because this movie has Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi. And Bruce Campbell yeah. in the movie. Don't watch this movie for Bruce Campbell, though. Like, if we say Bruce Campbell, everybody that hasn't seen this movie is going to be like, oh, Bruce Campbell's in this movie. No. Also, don't watch this movie if you're a Ted Raimi fan, because he just makes a bunch of silly faces and talks to himself, and I don't think he ever interacts with anybody else in the movie. No, because he has his headphones in the entire movie. It almost seems like his parts were made, like put in the film later to maybe make it longer or something. I think his parts were put in there because Sam Raimi's like, hey, my brother needs a job. 
Can you hire him? You don't got to write anything for it. He will just improvise every time he's on camera. <laughs> I feel like this whole movie was improvised. Uh, it was improvised and it was all stage acting because everybody was so expressive, but also they spoke as if they were just thinking about what the line was that moment. Like they just read the line. Yeah. And then they just read it. Yeah. Well, I was I, I, as someone who did stage acting, I can say there's a difference between screen acting and stage acting. And I mentioned this while we were watching it. Screen acting is about trying to be as close to real life as it is. And when people speak in real life, people normally are expressing their emotions with their body language, with their eyes, with, you know, emphasis. Like that's where you get emotion. In stage acting, everything needs to be bigger because the audience is further away. They can't they can't see how you are. So you need to be open. You need to be boisterous. You need to be projecting. You need to put emphasis in more places where you normally wouldn't put emphasis they, they weren't projecting their voice just their bodies so, i feel like they let's, were let's, projecting their they voice were whispering I don't, quite a lot there's a lot how many times were we like i don't know what they just said i think that the microphone was on the camera and it was like 20 feet away <laughs> <laughs> so i think they were projecting and that was the best we got there were moments where there was conversations happening and it was like watching extras and that's all that it was yeah like the very first scene where there's people and it's the two girls talking back and forth and then the old man just making random commentary felt like you should have had somebody in the foreground doing something. And that was in the background. Yeah. But that was the foreground moment. Honestly, I don't think they knew the cameras were rolling at that point. I don't know. Everything. The whole movie feels like maybe there wasn't a script, although apparently there was. Yeah. And it was based off of another thing that this guy wrote. Possibly. But I, I still think that the old man name. was the best actor in this. Because I think he was just an old guy that was in the store and lucked out. <laughs> like, I think that the director was was listening to conversations that, that people were having and was like, we fucking need this old guy in this movie. This old man was just walking around to himself going, these people are so weird. What are you doing? Why? why would you, am, I, am I interrupting something? When, when he bumped into the guy and the girl and he was like, hold hands, you two lovebirds. I was like, <laughs> that wasn't in the script. How that was dare just, you not show PDA? That was just how this guy is. <laughs> yeah, that was he was good. He was yeah. good. And then he was my favorite. And then we meet our red herring. Because as Jared called it, apparently it's very easy to predict <laughs> that Craig is not the bad guy in the movie. I predicted the whole movie in the first 15 minutes. How dare you? How dare you assume that Super Craig wasn't the super strong killer of this movie? That's what I have to say. How dare you not be surprised by the M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong twist twist at the end of this film when it turns out it's not Craig. I Spoilers mean, Craig, for this movie from 1989. Yeah. It's like as old as I am. I mean, I just saw the movie, so someone might watch this movie based off of this our first 20 minutes. Um, once we get to actually breaking down scene by scene, if you haven't seen this movie, pause it and go watch the movie real quick. Just go watch the movie. It's a great movie. It was less than $2 this on Amazon. Movie has four and a half stars. Yeah. It, from 549. It, it has an IMDb rating of 6.1. This. I don't know how. This was less than two bucks. Like, even if you're struggling right now, you might be able to afford this movie. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> Like it's not, it's not difficult. Like don't, you know how they're like, 
for the price of a cup of coffee. You can blah, 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 save dogs. Well, this is different Literally than the last time. Literally for the price of a cup of coffee, you can watch this movie. This is, the, this is different than the last time I picked a movie. And we went and it was like, yeah, $7. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not paying $7 to watch this movie for this. Yeah, exactly. This one, it, you were like, how much could it be? And it was like $1.79. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't not watch this movie for $1.79. <laughs> we still have to watch Serial Mom. Look That's, for that possibly next week. I'll find a way to possibly, make him do it. Yeah. Because Matt will be away on his adventure for at least two weeks before we catch him again. Minimum. I'm predicting that he is far enough away that it will take me at least three weeks to catch him. <laughs> at least two and a half weeks, maybe. To catch two and him. a half. He'll, he'll be back soon. Yeah. We got this. Yeah. So so expect this again. Um, we're. I mean, I'm mentally prepared for it already. So just expect something like this again. But, but no. Um, How about the fact that you were so surprised? Mm-hmm. About Renee Estevez being in this film. Yes. The cast of this movie has like, there's like real people in this. Yeah. There's like actual. That's a weird thing to say about actors a movie. I don't stuff. know why I said it that way. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> true. It's not like it's an animated movie. <laughs> there's real actors or people that are real actor or real celebrity adjacent that's, in this movie. That's a fun way to say that. It's like her dad and her brother are super famous. Which, and then they have a good another laugh, brother that's like kind of famous. Yeah. You want a good laugh? Go read her IMDb and tell me she didn't write that herself. Imagine being the sister of the Mighty Ducks guy and the sister of Charlie Sheen, Charlie the greatest actor Sheen. of all time, and, and the daughter of Martin Sheen. That like, one guy from that one movie. One movie? Martin Sheen is super famous. He's always the president in every movie he's in. <laughs> okay, I will give you that. He looks <laughs> like the president. That's why. Is he always just the president? No, <laughs> no. He's he's definitely more things than that, but he has been the president. I think even in he Platoon, looks like he was one. the president. I'm like, glad they didn't say that. He was the he was the 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 fighting president. He just he wasn't just the commander of his son in the army. Yeah, but no, it's like imagine having that whole pedigree behind you, like and a just, massive family lineage, and then you know to the point where these people are still still acting, still in stuff, had starring roles, and you are the supporting actor in this fucking movie, and you go, yes, my family members are also actors. See. <laughs> It's funny because you say it like that, but then you were like, Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi and Bruce Campbell are in this, and it was great because of that, because these are the kinds of movies you kind of think of them being in. Yeah, I mean, but at the but same like, point, Bruce Campbell better. was in better B-movies, and... Ted Raimi was in worse. Ted Raimi was in worse, but Ted Raimi was also in better. This is the first movie I've seen Sam Raimi as an actor in, so I don't know. If there's well, other. I ones. mean, Sam Raimi is responsible for great let's, movies. Let's, uh, yeah, but they're B movies, like Evil Dead. Spider Man's not a B movie. Evil Dead, I think, was a, a school project. But Spider Man wasn't. No, it wasn't exactly. And he's responsible for Spider Man. Don't pick movies I don't like. <laughs> and Bruce Campbell was in Burn Notice. And Spider-Man. And he was in Spider-Man for one scene. And Ted Raimi was in Spider-Man for yes. one scene. <laughs> yeah. They're exactly. always together. They're because they're best friends. I know. I love that. Did they grow up together? 
Uh, I think so. They at least were in college together. Yeah. Because this was, Evil Dead was a college product. We have to look it up at some point, like how they know each other. Like, were they roommates? Well, two of them are at least brothers, so that's pretty quick. How crazy would it be if they weren't? <laughs> they just both have the name Raimi. They got, and, and they, they just look identical. Look identical because, like, <laughs> I told Jared going into this movie, I was like, all right, so I don't know which one's which, but said and Tan, Sam and Ted Raimi are in this movie. And he was, I like, was like, I've Sam never Raimi. seen Sam Raimi young. Yeah. And he was I, like, Sam Raimi is credited first, but I think Ted Raimi's has more lines. <laughs> and then we're watching it. And I was like, oh shit, that's Ted Raimi. And then I was like, wait, is that, is that Ted Raimi? And then Ted Raimi comes on. And he goes, so no, that other guy wasn't Ted Raimi. So that other guy was Sam Raimi. <laughs> and this is Ted Raimi. And then halfway through the movie, I was like, you had it backwards. Sam Raimi has more lines than this. Well, I mean, that's the same thing that happened to me the first time. I was like, oh, shit, Ted Raimi. Because I didn't look at the credits. I had no idea who was in this yeah. movie when I watched it. Well, it was very easy I, to miss it. I was just going through like my shutter profile and just picking movies. Yeah. And I was only watching like this kind of movie that day. Yeah. I was like, I'm only watching bad like 80s movies. I was watching the stuff. I watched this. I watched some other schlocky movies like that. And I was just like, oh, shit. I love Ted that Raimi. right underneath this is the stuff. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> how I came across it. I watched the brand new Slumber Party Massacre, which is hilarious. It's not It's not like the original ones at all. There's not just like a random five minute long shower scene. This is just called Alligator. Let's not do that. Let's not. <laughs> but we should watch Phantom of the Mall. I feel like that's the next thing I have to make you watch. I've never seen this one. Eric's Revenge. This is a sequel. I was watching Demons, which is about demons, demons? at a movie theater. Man, we can we can watch so many. How much is this? I kind of want to see. Is this a dollar seventy? Also, you're gonna just have to sign up for Shutter. Oh, this is two seventy. This is pushing it. <laughs> you're but just gonna have to sign up for Shutter. I might pay the ten bucks. I'll, I love uh, it. I'll see if I can sign up with with the uh, with the company card. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it that way. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the first time one of them comes on, you're like, oh shit, it's Ted Raimi, and then you're like, because never seen Sam Raimi in a movie. Yeah, he's always the director. He's always a director of them. I don't even know if he's ever made cameos. He probably has. That's the thing. But we always Directors probably do. thought it was Ted Raimi, probably because they are identical. They look so much alike. The only difference is the glasses. The glasses, and also I, I think Sam has like Sam some darker ha- bags. But Sam maybe has, that's just the glasses. Sam has a more deep pits. set nose, and and Ted's comes out a little bit more. He has a bigger nose. That's the only difference I can tell. Yeah, that was it's, literally the only distinguishing thing. I was like, Sam Raimi's nose is a little bit more sunken than Ted's is, and that's it. Me but, and my brother don't look as alike as they do. If I didn't warn you that, like they were in this movie. I would have thought it was just you Ted Raimi. You would have been like, oh shit, his... that's Ted Raimi. And then like the other character would have came on. You would have done what I did and went, is that Ted Raimi? Yeah, I would have been like, so <laughs> like, he took his he glasses. He took his glasses off for one role and then put them on for another. Changed his clothes. Yeah. Got only extra slightly. expressive. Yeah, only slightly changed his clothes. But yeah, no, it was it was it was interesting interesting to see. But okay, it's back to the beginning of the film. The best part, the best scene of the entire movie is the opening scene when we meet Craig. Yeah, I will say it's the worst acted scene. It is the It's the best scene in the movie. It's the worst acted scene, but the best, the most fun scene to watch. So, 
Craig is a superhero. Jennifer's ex-boyfriend. And for all intents and purposes, he was not abusive in the relationship. They broke up because he killed somebody. It was an accident, accident. quote unquote. Nobody really knows what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> he went to jail. He's out on parole. He must not have been very long. Yeah. So like some kind of manslaughter situation happened. It must have been. Maybe it was like in a fight. Like maybe somebody started a fight with him. He hit him too hard. He hit his head. Because Craig, as you will find out very shortly, is the best fighter in the world. I just realized, okay, so he couldn't have done more than a year. Because the way she tells the story, she broke up with him right away. Yeah. When he went to jail. And they were only broken up for a year because there was a whole conversation about, I'm over you, but I've been hanging on to this. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with you. And then Craig gets very upset. And every time Jennifer hands him something, which she does a lot, like it's a mistake because he just grabs her and she's like, ah, you're hurting me, Craig. And he's like, I love you, Jennifer. And then Emilio Estevez's sister tries to rescue her. But then then after a long time, this struggle happens for a while. These a lot two of women fighting off this man. long. Two, two women fighting off a man in this grocery store full of other men. Mm hmm. It was on for a while. Full of at least six other men. Jared was so distracted by things, he didn't realize that the two owners of the company had this conversation where there's like an emergency bell and the girls are ringing it. And the one's like, oh, just leave them alone. They're always hitting that. It's always for dumb reasons. And the one guy who turns out later to me, he opens like a slot because they have a peeping window in yeah. there. And he's like, oh, no, they're being beaten up. And he runs out and he... And Craig, they, they 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 fight so good. It's like punch, well, first, fall halfway first, down. First Craig, but they're catching Craig each other, so they can't fall the all shit the way down. Out of Jennifer, <laughs> he fucking fucks her. He, her nose getting punched by him is a plot device in this movie. <laughs> it comes back so many times, so many, including a scene where it gets her in trouble. Yep. Craig, Craig almost got Jennifer killed by punching her in the face. He wrecked her nose. It's fine looking, but it is destroyed internally. There is literally zero bruising. <laughs> it just just will bleed, and it bleeds so much when it bleeds. It is like a fourth wall device. <laughs> like it's 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 almost as if like the audience has a has like a buzzer, <laughs> like bleed now, and they got to pick when the nose bled, and they chose to make it like a spidey sense for whenever she was in danger. Her nose would bleed. <laughs> but uh so yeah, Craig punches her in the face. Obviously, then 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 people come to rescue her. And there's like what six dudes in this place? Yeah, it's like at least six dudes. So like they come in and one by one, fucking Craig takes them out. Knocks the fuck out of all of them. And and not like every martial arts movie where the bad guys attack one at a time. At one point, like three of them attack him, and he takes them all He's out at once. He's grappled by two people, fucking kicks the one dude. Drop kicks a dude. With both feet. Drop kicks him with both feet. And then throws the other guy off, and then gets into a Rocky-style punching match <laughs> with another guy. That's what I was trying to explain. The one dude is holding, they're both holding each other's shirts, and they're punching, halfway falling down, but holding each other up. So that they can just keep going one to one. 
And then he continues to beat the fuck out of like three more guys. And then poor Sam Raimi's character, Randy, just walks out and he's like, what's going on? Somehow has no idea. Gets punched in the jaw <laughs> and thrown on the floor. <laughs> he, he just gets attacked for nothing. And then Craig just runs away. And fucking ninja vanishes. And then like for 30 minutes of this movie is like hide and seek. But like Craig's not actually there hiding. They're just sort of looking for him. And then they slowly just go about their night. Again. They're very fucking nonchalant with the safety of their employees. This is an 84 minute movie and 25 of the minutes were them looking for Craig. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. They were also eating Oreos. And, <laughs> I was a stoner guy. And calling for the police. Kind of. The stoner guy was one of my favorite characters. You sort of hated him, it seemed like. Because his <laughs> acting was very bad, but it was also really funny. It was the worst. His line delivery was good in the way where I think he was just high for real. No, he was I like, I'm so. here for this movie today. I think that he met a high person once and was trying to remember what that person was like. His story of him and Craig's friendship, though, was my favorite. No, that was amazing. I forced you. I was like, you have to rewind it. You missed the blender story. Yes, that was amazing. <laughs> other than other than that, just that line, it was he had a series of two lines that were good. Other than that, it was it was grinding on my ears to listen <laughs> to him speak every time. Guys. That's not what he sounded Where like. Where are you? That's not what he sounded like. Can I like. have your cutter? He sounded like um, Crispin Glover from Back to the Future for most of the movie. I don't know. It sounded he like. He had that kind of delivery. He had like a Crispin Glover type delivery if Crispin Glover was, wasn't a good actor, He was actor, a little though. bit nasally. It was like Crispin Glover's not good acting cousin. It was like someone watched Crispin Glover in a movie and went, I can be that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what he's like. <laughs> but had no sort of acting training. Just went, I can do that because I watched a movie one time. But yeah, the scene where like he's just explaining to somebody, he's like, Craig used to be my friend. And like, he went crazy, man. And like, you sound more like a stoner than he did right now. He would have like, you're doing me. a better job than that guy did. <laughs> He would have, like, killed me, I swear, if my brother didn't bash him in the head with a blender repeatedly. And then the girl's like, a, a blender? blender? And he's like, yeah. A, a Hamilton, Hamilton Beach, Beach blender. blender. And it's just over. That's the whole thing. I'm like, this is my favorite part of the movie. Because I think it was sponsored by Hamilton Beach. <laughs> just, just like. <laughs> we didn't look through the credits to see if Hamilton Beach was, was featured. There's zero chance this girl was like, what kind of blender? <laughs> She was just like, he hit him with, with a blender. blender. All you had to do was be like, yeah, not describe the blender then. It's like, it was chrome. I honestly think that that was a real story from that guy's life. <laughs> and he told it to the director and the director was like, you tell that story, but replace the name with Craig. Cause that's amazing. That's no. So there's two stories you think are just from these people. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I agree with you that most of this movie was probably improv. It feels like it. I think the only person that wasn't working with an improvised script was Jennifer. Because she definitely felt like she was reading lines. Oh, yeah. She was very stiff. And, most of them were. Sorry. And was, Bub. A lot of them were pretty stiff. Yeah. I don't know. Bub felt real. No, that fucking story was he had been rehearsing that story over and over and over again. That was all a setup. For a pun later. I'm, I, it definitely was, but.
but the way he was delivering that story was the most just like this isn't a real conversation like we put on characters when we do this and we don't even sound that fake i think that was a real conversation i think he was a firefighter and that happened to him I thought that's what you were trying to say before. No. You're no. like, he's been waiting his whole life for this line. And I was no, like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm saying you think this act- is a real story he had that he was just keeping in his pocket. That, the actor viewed that as his big break. <laughs> he's like, this is what people are going to remember from this movie is how fucking well I deliver this crazy story. He ended up being the perfect bad guy because I, I showed you the picture. He looks just like David Parker Ray toy box killer yeah and i was like the whole time like yeah no he's a murderer based off of that image (laughs) that i have of that guy (laughs) he was also just too he was too meek just in everything like you can tell that something bad was gonna happen involving him because of the fact that he was literally losing everything and this guy's just like fucking sign it there was also okay well, he only owned forty nine percent. He worked his way as the butcher to owning forty nine percent of the company. I don't know how you do that. I've never heard of a, a come up story like that. None. I've heard of it like, oh, I'm a VP now, and I started off in the mailroom, but like, never like I own part of this. Right? Now. I own like a, a second majority of this building. Yeah, exactly. You don't become you don't become the lead minority owner of a company. Somebody's there's nobody that's like, oh, I own this whole thing. But because you were such a good butcher, here's almost half. Right. Like, did he just save up all of his paychecks and be like, I will give you half of what this Yeah, story. right. Like, did he buy in like he like <laughs> who buys into a grocery store? It's a pretty good investment, I would think, actually. Everybody who? needs grocery stores. It's like McDonald's. McDonald's really? will never fail because people always go there no matter what. Uh, I think the whole point of this movie is that they were failing. I think that they just got offered money by the state. We don't know. Because they were selling it to the state. Well, I mean, it, it is kind of thing where he's just like, I don't see how we could be losing money. He did say that. But at the same point, it was empty as fuck. So who knows? It could be that it's a grocery store in the middle of nowhere. And customers come after they closed. Because that happened. Yes. Yes, it did. And it was Greg Nicotero. It was Greg Nicotero, which threw me the fuck off when I saw his name in there. Especially because you don't even see his face in the movie. Yeah. He and then he's not credited in the makeup department, but he is credited on IMDb for being a part of the makeup department. Yeah. If, if you don't know who Greg, who Greg Nicotero is, it's, he's, the, he's the guy who did, he led the makeup department for The Walking Dead. So all the crazy effects and makeup from The Walking Dead, he did all of that that's something hilarious about this movie is how many big names there are in a pretty like he's super such low a big budget name movie. that i knew who he was off of sight such a low budget movie <laughs> i mean there there's got to always be that before they were household names kind of movie i think though for like a hundred thousand dollars they did great well i mean this is a hundred thousand dollars back in 1989 a hundred thousand dollars back in 1989 has got to be like almost a million dollars now it's probably like $200,000 now. I don't think so. I don't know how to convert, so I'm going to say that it's probably like $1,200. You keep speaking about stuff. I'm going to look up an inflation cal- calculator. Okay. So, uh, like, not too long after they decide to give up the search for uh, for Craig, and they just go about their business of their day, their boss calls them in for a meeting. Everybody except for Protos Joe. 
Produce Joe doesn't need to be a part of anything, apparently. And they get told that the company is being sold to the state and that they have a month to be out of their jobs and they need to start marking everything down half priced. That is their job for the night. That's what they're doing while there's a man on the loose just punching people. Oh, you're right. About? Is two hundred and a hundred thousand dollars in nineteen eighty nine is two hundred and forty five, two hundred and sixty three dollars and seventy one cents. There is a cumulative rate of inflation of a hundred and forty five point three percent. Hasn't minimum wage been the same since nineteen eighty nine? God no. 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 I remember when it got raised to seven dollars. Okay. And that was a big deal. Okay. Well, I, I, when I think when I started working, it was like five. That's still not a huge increase. No. If you think about it, there's been 145% inflation since 1989. Well, now minimum wages, depending on where you are, like $15, which is still not great. Still not great. But that's not, that's not, this isn't a political show. So now it is. Let's talk about it. Matt's <laughs> not here. We can talk about politics. Shh. No. Uh, but yeah, these, these people, after they got done being punched in the face, they got punched in the gut, losing their jobs. And so they just go back to work like normal. Not a single one of them was like, well then fuck this place. No, at the most they did, they were like, oh, I can get unemployment now. That was a one guy. person. And everybody else was like, oh, I could just go work at this other grocery. They all took it very positively. And then the, I don't know. A few of them were kind of sad. Yeah, but then Bob was like, hey, guys, listen, it's not my choice. I didn't want to. That's all him. Blame that guy. David? Which I think they David all did. Is Danny. Dave, Danny? Danny? Was it Danny or David? I don't know. I think it was Danny. guy. It was Danny, I think. We're going to go with Danny. There was a David, right? No. Is that the guy that kissed her on the nose? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to He, look. like, French kissed her nose, too. That's what the funny part was about that. I, don't, I thought it was just like a... I don't know, man. It was weird. <laughs> just it weird was no matter what. That whole scene was weird. She's like, I got punched in the nose and it's bleeding. He's like, oh, let me put it in my mouth. Yo, for one thing, I don't think there was a single guy named Bub. They kept saying it. Or at least the subtitles kept saying it. Yo, I think the stoner guy's name was Bub. Never mind. The stoner guy's name was Bub? What? Okay. There's Jennifer. Mm-hmm. We know. Mm-hmm. Linda, Linda mm-hmm. was the Estevez. The uh, the minority owner, Bill. Hmm. Craig. Craig. Randy. Randy, Sam Raimi. Danny. I was right. Danny. That's the owner, or there's just a Danny? That's the, that's the majority owner. Okay, it's so Danny. it is Danny. Okay, we're good. And then Dave. So there is a Dave, okay. Uh, and then Bub was the stoner guy. Dave is the one that kissed her nose. And then Tim was, I think, the guy that was lurking in the beer room the whole time. And then Produce Joe. Yeah, I don't know why you were so surprised by that guy when we got to that one part of him. Because I didn't remember like, him. Is he just, is he just, when did he get there? It's like, he's not come out of that room as I, far as like I know. I honestly did not remember him in any other scene. That's why. I think he was in the fight scene. But after the fight scene, he never left the beer room. I thought it said Jim Henson was in this. It said Jim Hansen. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Where's the puppets? In the attic. 
on that note though like the one thing this movie had going for it is that the special effects were amazing when it became the kills were great when it became a slasher movie instead of like a creepy um, a creepy stalker movie. looking for craig and calling inept police yeah which oh my god can we take a second to talk about that fucking police scene one they didn't call 911 they called the police department directly who put them on hold and then were very not helpful when they finally picked up and then craig was like hang up the phone and by hang up the phone i mean he asked for change once again grabbed her and yeah. then hung up the phone yeah and then that's when he got thrown out um, because they they were smart and they surrounded him and they all grappled him in a way that he couldn't drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we got you this time. We got you, Craig. You ain't kicking nobody. So they throw him out and then he just fucking uh, lurks for the rest of the time. Now, even though Jennifer got cut off in the middle of trying to call the police, they, they did show up. They figured it out. And the people who showed up were like Don Knox piratey police. Yeah. Like this is... Like a 1940s police comedy it was, skit that came in. It was a fucking jarring juxtaposition to everything that just happened. Like a young lady was just punched in the face by a man. And, and then everyone man else in the store was punched in the face by that man. Assaulted six more people with his fists and feet. <laughs> and you send fucking Don Knox and somebody who acts with Don Knox to just be like, hey, well, if you see Don, him. Don Knox is not in this movie. It was just that level of like slapsticky, yeah. schlocky comedy. It was like fucking if they sent Don Knox and Ernest from <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp, like like that's who they send. And these guys are just like, oh, well, we looked into uh, what's his name? Craig Pearson. That's what I said. He's Craig all Pearson. So, you know, if you see him, give me a call. Here's my card. That's not my card. That's not my card. That's my card. And then he hands it to him upside down. Yeah. And then instead of just turning to the left and walking out, he turns around unnaturally so that he can bump into the tall lurch cop that's just standing there being his straight man, pretty much for his slapstick delivery. I loved them. Yeah. And then they leave. Yeah, and nothing's still. Craig is still there. And Craig is not hiding like well. Oh my God. So Craig just stands in the doorway. Linda or in a window. And Jennifer are having a conversation fifteen feet away from the door. The door is at a forty five degree angle to Linda. Right, Linda, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Linda. To Linda. Which I don't know if anybody's ever looked straight before. But you can see 45 degrees to your left. And Craig is just full on standing. But you at don't the understand. Doorway. Jared, you don't understand. There is a magazine with Sting. The singer Sting in red and black makeup. Yep. It's too distracting. That's true. It is so distracting that when you think that Jennifer has finally caught on, that Craig is just standing there staring at her, she gets scared the fuck out of her. Buy this magazine. It was Sting all along. And she was like, I thought someone was watching me. That would have been a really good twist. If the killer was just Sting. That would have been amazing because it would have been like, oh, that's all of the money went to that. Yeah. Everything else they found a way to do for free. This was literally a fully free movie until they were like, how much do we have to pay Sting 
for just the ending scene. Not only did the grocery store holding a knife. Not only did the grocery store give them the store, but they allowed them to have jars and cans of tomatoes so that they can make blood out of them. Yeah, exactly. Like or they're just like, here, you can open as many as many packets of Kool-Aid as you need. Yeah, some of the blood was dark, some of it was neon red. Yeah. There was no consistency into what the blood looked like, but it was uh, honestly, as you stated before, when it became a slasher, they did a really good job. Yeah, it's so good. It like it's why I say this was two completely different movies. This was like a college level, like independent film, like for someone's I final project. Feel like, and they, then it became a really good slasher. I don't feel like it's two separate movies. I feel like it's coherent all the way through. It's just there are just. There's just a lot of scenes that are too long. And also a lot of camera angles that are dumb as fuck. They are the best camera angles I've ever we seen. We were a phone at one point. That was my favorite part. Uh, who doesn't want to be a telephone? It's like, okay, did we say this already? Because we said it when we were watching it, that it's as if the audience is the grocery store. Yeah, like you were the embodiment of the store. Like, Every time there was a camera angle that you were looking from, you're like, that's what I am. I am the phone. I am the top shelf. I, I am, am one something of, from the desk. Yeah, I am one of the hooks. I am the bottle. I am like, yeah, it's like you were the store. I'm a shopping cart. That happens a bunch. Yeah. There's so many. I feel like someone was like, you can't put the, put the camera in weird places. And the director went, fucking watch me. Several of the bottle scenes, because there's more than one. Lots. Were some of my favorite scenes. I mean, the one at the end where it was just making his face all funhouse mirror, that was kind of great. <laughs> but it's also fun. It is fun in like a cool way. I thought it wasn't that bad. It was very hard to see what was going on when the bottle was in the way. But when the, the owner was there and you were, I guess, a paperweight on the desk for a while. Yeah. Behind a bottle of whiskey that he then picks up pours and then puts right back in front of you yeah that was fun the whole thing is it didn't need to be there for the beginning part of it it needed to be there for the end part of it so it could have been just a whole other shot and then you cut and then you go to a different shot but right before that though i think they might we were not a had a lot of time on the front of the desk that's true because the camera was at the desk angled up for like almost that entire scene and then i fucking called it i called the Chekhov's gun right when it happened I went, that thing is too important and someone's going to die on it. Even though he technically didn't die on it, but it was used <laughs> in an attempted murder. It was an attempted murder weapon. I think the actual murder weapon was the cleaver. That was pretty good though, right? That went into his eyeball in a way where, although it didn't do what most of those kinds of scenes do to me because it wasn't like they didn't, there wasn't like a buildup. You know, like almost yeah. every time there's something like that. They like to like do that, that shot where it's right next to the eye. So yeah, you they get that, that feeling of like anxiety. Yeah. And there's like that pause, like they're fighting it. He was just like smush because <laughs> the killer in this movie is the world's strongest man. So goddamn strong. He is. He is Superman strong. He's he picked Herculean. A man up, he picked a man up with one hand by his shoulder and lifted him into the air so that he could put him on a meat hook. He lifted him two feet off the ground with one hand from like a grabbing your shoulder, like saying I'm proud of you kind of way. 
like he did a shoulder clap. It was just like, son, you're going on a meat hook now. Like that's how he did it. I would say the least fun of the murders with Ted was Ted Raimi's. It was oh, fun. Yeah. It was just not like as much as the rest of them were. It was all about just timing. Because once the kills start, the kills just keep going. And like yeah, he they don't methodically just goes through people. Yeah. So it's like, and he uses the whole goddamn store. He uses everything he's ever wanted to use to harm somebody in the store. If you've ever looked at someone and went, "Oh, that would be a terrible way to die," he used it. He did. Uh, to the point where there were scenes where it just kind of didn't even make sense that he felt the need to do it. Like, he's like, I murdered somebody in this room. But you know what I want to do is I want to murder somebody in that room. And this person is now in this room. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly drag him to that room. Also, he has magic powers. Yeah. <laughs> he can either teleport or become invisible. There's 100% not. I've never walked into a walk-in freezer that had a back door. Yeah. There's <laughs> one door in a lot of walk-in. It's kind of the whole point in like how it's designed. You know, because it's trying to keep cold in. Also, how the fuck did he get into that corner? There's no way the door would be in that corner. Yeah. Like floor level. And the meat was right up against it. Do you did think he when burrow she, into there? Do you think when she was running in, when she turned around to close the door, he slipped in? <laughs> he got really <laughs> low to the ground and just pressed up against the wall. And was like, nope, 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 nope. Don't see me. In that basically empty meat fridge. Yeah, yeah, I feel like... Like, you, when she walks in, it's like, oh, there's meat hanging everywhere. And then she turns around, you get this full view of this walk-in, like, butcher fridge. Yeah. And you're like, there's not a lot there. You, there is a lot of dark corners, which is a theme in this movie. They I don't did not have enough light anywhere. So the parts of it, all right, I get, I'm like, why the fuck did they turn the lights off when they have a man that's, like, creeping around the store? Yeah. But the other part of me is like some of that made sense, mm -hmm. like the back hallways and stuff having like one overhead light. Yeah, that I was worked right next things. to the door. That didn't make sense. But <laughs> I feel like this was a real grocery store. So that someone did that. I don't think they moved that light there. I think they did. <laughs> I think what happened is they probably had that light somewhere else. They moved it down further or they put that light there themselves. But that beer fridge and they turned I, they turned off everything else. I could totally imagine the back of the beer fridge being like that. Oh, like yeah. Having no, that's, like being super dimly lit and mostly lit from the outside. That Yeah, that's that's usually pretty damn dark. And then like the back hall. Well, a lot of the back hallways seem to just have one overhead iridescent light. Yeah, it, the lighting in this movie made little to no sense. There was magic lights. I get that. Like it's, it's like it's a pitch lights. black area, but for some reason there's a light shining just on the people that need it. Yeah. Which I mean like it's filmmaking. It's because you want to be able to still see your subject, but at the same point, you can make it a little less fucking obvious. So, I just realized something about the floor light since we brought that up. The scene where Jennifer's hiding in this weird movable cubby thing that they have. Yeah. And they keep showing the ceiling to show that her shadow can be seen on the ceiling as if it's there's no lights there at all but for some reason it's coming up from the floor uh i was sitting there and i'm like oh that's how he's gonna know where she is that is not how we feel there's no reason for that yeah none none he, there's not that did nothing for this there was a lot of things that did nothing he discovered her the story from her never-ending bloody nose <laughs> from her danger sense <laughs> 
She's he like, get, he is nearby. It's he like, got near. Yeah, I am. Nose started bleeding. Craig was watching from the door. Nose started bleeding. It was danger sense. Every time everybody else got killed, where was she? Nowhere near the danger. Nose didn't bleed. Linda, I think, is the only one that was off camera, off camera. When she got killed? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't see Sam Raimi get hooked in the face with the meat hook, but we immediately see the aftermath. Yeah. You, like, you see it go into his mouth, and then you take, like, they zooms back out, or, like, shows his feet, then it comes back, and it's going through his chin, so that confused me, because yeah. his mouth was definitely open when it went in. Yeah. Uh, But still, super gross, super cool. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also the Tim guy where he got stabbed from the shadow with the world's longest <laughs> chef's knife. Also, you would think that a gut stab would be boring, but it was one of my favorites because he stabs him through his stomach with the world's longest knife into a bunch of beer cans. So it's spraying blood out like a blood volcano everywhere. Yeah, There's blood shooting out of the front and beer shooting up from the back. There's so much blood in this movie. There's it's a, amazing. Yeah, there's a lot for, yeah. for having such a small amount of people that are going to be victims. Like, you know what the victim pool is and it's like kind of a small one. You're like, that's, they, they really, they made it count for everybody. A lot of the blood was just seeping on the floor. The was, amount that everyone everything. was the amount the that everyone that, was cool with blood just being everywhere was insane. And how many times people walked across pools of blood and are like, "Man, you got to clean up." Like, yeah, I don't think butchers are actually like that. I don't think butchers have no. There's not puddles just of blood, gore, and blood and eyeballs all over the back of a butchering floor. Oh, can we also talk about like how fucked up their their practical jokes must be for a man <laughs> to see human feet? In a in a bathroom stall and just be like, nice one, guys. Yeah. Or also the fact that his friend threw an open box cutter at him and he was just like, you're a dick. Yeah. He he got stabbed in the hand. It wasn't his friend, but still, <laughs> he is just like assumed it was. Yeah. There was a lot of good kills though. What what was your favorite kill? Mm, probably when the love interest. The, when nose, the kisser, nose kisser, when he got drug in like for like 40 minutes, uh, it wasn't that long, but it felt like a really long time of him just screaming, being dragged, not yeah. trying to fight very hard so that he can be. He was just wiggling his hips, <laughs> moving his <laughs> he arms. He was being dragged by one foot and he's like, ah, ah, no, the knife. Ah, <laughs> ah, not like it was so bad. But then he, that was one of the most ridiculous ones where you're like, he always wanted to kill somebody with this it was also the second time you realize the killer has super strength because he's dragging him by one foot and then he just picks him up and puts him on table yeah and then push this man did nothing to save his own life yeah he's like i got her by a box cutter i can't oh no and then he gets his face pushed through a bandsaw and it's like i've it, this the camera doesn't cut away so it's perfect it's yeah. amazing. And you just see it like go through and it cuts through the top gums. And I'm like, this is great. Like you can see that, that you awesome can see the right resistance there. when it hits the gum line and stuff like that. It was really, really good. I think it flicks some teeth out. Yeah. But then like on, a, on top of everything, like he, he cuts the, the killer cuts people up into such small pieces frequently. That's not even the only guy he drug away. He takes the bodies and moves them multiple times. Yeah. 
Yeah, he has a plan for where he wants everybody to be. He he sets people up. He puts together set pieces. He does. And for because all he, his murders. Because he already killed someone in the beer cabinet, he can't kill another person there. That's so true. when the stoner guy comes up, or Bub, I guess his name is, yeah, Bub. comes up and he's like, what are you doing? You're not doing anything because he's staring at his dead friend just sit there. Yeah. And then the killer drags him through the into the beer fridge. To which he does not scream. Drags him into another room. He tried. He, he was just like, went, oh, okay, I guess, okay, we got to start, <laughs> we got to start off with the, this is, this is, okay, this is my favorite kill, I forgot. The Baylor? It's not the best looking one, but it's my favorite in the overall sense of it, where there's magic involved. Yeah, this is where I'm like, he can at least turn invisible or teleport. Because Bub is, is loading the, the cardboard Baylor or whatever you call it. Yeah. The crushing and machine. There's a shadow figure behind it. And he's like, what are you doing, man? Which was one of the most hilarious entrances ever. Because as the bailer goes up, the top crushy part goes up. He slowly stands up with it. So you just see them both rising at the same speed. And then it's just him slightly crouched behind it. And this guy goes around this thing, this machine, all the way around it. And it's like, where'd you go? There's nowhere for this man to have disappeared that fast. Yeah. And then as soon as he's rounded it, he's back behind it. Yeah. He just rises back up. And you would think, you would think, okay, he's going to get murdered right now in that machine. No. Bub goes and he goes back to doing his job. He's back stocking shelves. And then he sees his friend not doing anything. And he starts making fun. Gets dragged into the beer cooler. Oh, no, can't kill you here. I've done this one already. Yeah. Drags him back to the bailer and still uses it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I know you were directly in front of it, but where's the fun in that? I couldn't have done my peekaboo magic trick. <laughs> I had. I had to play a game first. Yeah. You could tell he definitely had fun. I will say, I feel like when Ted Raimi died, it would have been better if they would have gone with my idea. Since they kept showing the knife swing backwards and then he'd chop, swing backwards, chop, swing backwards, chop. If he just it, grabbed the blade. If he would have just like, like, you know, he didn't have to like grab it like that. But if he would have just dink and just pulled it out of his hand. But at one point he does grab it like that. I know. And it doesn't seem he does effective not give at all. A shit. <laughs> but yeah, if he would have just like yoinked it like with his fingers, just whoop. And like you just saw it slip out of his hand. I'm not sure he didn't. Because that's the same knife he used to kill him, it seemed like. Oh, with a super long giant. They had so how many about, of those super long knives. How about, how about the fact that to get that knife, we were both surprised by it. And I was surprised by it twice. Because once again, there's nothing that's like, hey, look at this knife thing. Like they normally would do in a movie like this. Like, yeah. They'd be like, no, oh, look, here's a bunch of knives. Look at how many knives there are. There's so many knives, Once again, right? Chekhov's gun. There's, it's like, this is going to be important. Look at how many knives there are. He opens the door. He closes the door. There's less knives. The first part of that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, look, there's knives on here and it looks like one's missing because you hear like a shink noise. So you're like, oh, yeah, you have is to, there a lot of them. Like, you have to missing? put together that he took a knife from the wall. That is on you to decide that that happened. If you, Which miss he it, you have puts no idea. it back. He puts a lot of things back. He puts a lot of things a lot of places. Because he would have had to have cleaned the knife and put it back because that's the knife that Jennifer grabs. Listen, not only does this man... From the place that he, that he took it from. Not only does this man multiple times play with the bodies, not only does he put the knives back, at one point during a chase, he stops to fix toilet paper. That is true. 
That is true. <laughs> so I think at this point we've gone over every single kill. I don't think so. I think we're missing something. Well, Tim got stabbed through the stomach. Tim got stabbed. Dave got bandsawed. Bub got compacted. Compacted. Um, Protos Joe got... St- we didn't got, really describe what happened he, to Protos he was, Joe. He was cut in watermelon. He, he got was, hacked in the head. No, no, no. He was chopping some kind of leafy green at that point. The watermelon part was just so that he could be like, oh, I'm going to take this piece right here, and he cuts the center of the watermelon out. Once again, that just, just some Ted Ramey probably doing improv. Yeah, just so that he could eat the watermelon and spit seeds across the room. Uh, completely comedic moment. There's nothing scary about that. Yeah. Or It cut to a different like, scene after that. <laughs> But yeah, he's sitting there, he's chopping, and he's chopping it in the most ridiculous, he's raising the knife all the way behind his head to cut like a leafy green, and he's doing it over and over so dramatically, and then he puts it up, and then he gets chopped in the top of the head with a super long knife, and then his headphones come off down the sides, and he gets drug away. Yeah. So there was that one. Um, Danny got his eyeball pushed onto the thing. The thing that I said was going to be and important. And then later he's decapitated. Yes. Later. In off a, screen. In a very Ice Cream Man-esque uh, deception. Well, he needed to survive so that he could scare Dave. Do you think that's where Ice Cream Man got the idea for that? No. I think that movie was just fantastic and they came up with all that on their own. Because it's very similar. It was a man using a severed head as a distraction. I think that it's been done a few times in movies. We'll have to look into it. We'll figure out when the first time it was ever done. I think they do it in killer clowns from outer space. I might be wrong, but I think so. The, the, the head puppet joke has been around. And also in the ice cream man, he put like ice cream scoops in it. So the mouse would move. He was that is true. way more creative with that. That is true. Yeah. There was engineering that went into that one. It was definitely better. Also, it didn't. Con- it, I don't. I don't think it convinced the kids. It totally convinced Jennifer. It convinced me. <laughs> Wait, for real? For a second, all I heard was I was like, "Hey, that guy. Yeah, he didn't kill him yet." Like, oh man, he's still fucking out here begging for help. <laughs> I knew right away it was going to be that, but I guess I watch a lot more horror movies than you. That is true. I mean, even though I did figure out the whole fucking movie, you just didn't figure. Out, you're like this man. Is a survivor. Well, You're no, like, like, just like, he's going to get to the end. He was hiding in the attic and then he scared the shit out of that guy so he could die. And now he's going to scare the shit out of Jennifer. Jennifer's going to die. He's going to be the final girl. And then she gets over and pulls his, like, for some reason, doesn't look. She somehow doesn't see anything. She gets this man all is laying on the, the ground around the corner with a head being held by its hair. She gets over the ground. She picks his arm up and he just comes up and he's like, help me. And it's like, there's no way. You didn't see the rest of this man's body. <laughs> there are so many things where it's like you are unperceptive. Like the the fact that, you know, Sam Raimi's character didn't see an eyeball in the olives, which how did it get in there? How did it get all the way to the bottom? It also doesn't ever come back. It's how, not like he ate it. It was just in there. Yeah. How, there was just another one then on the ground for There's her to step eyeballs. on everywhere there's hands and feet and fucking legs and trash cans and this legs man just, is just setting up there. the scene he is he is setting up he is a ritual killer to the t like yeah. he is like hey remember that every everything you see in this movie if and if somebody talks about it it is going to be something later there's a callback somewhere to everything it's kind of like even when they showed the definitely dead lobsters um, 100% well they put so much emphasis on that lobster tank it was a bit insane so much of the movie was filmed as a reflection of that lobster tank yeah 
Especially after the hand went into it. Well, it's because then it was red and then you can see the reflections a lot better. But it was like too much. I feel like they almost didn't want to use regular camera angles in this movie. Well, <laughs> they definitely didn't. They barely used regular ones. The one, the only one that really bothered me was the ceiling one where I was like, where is this camera right now? Because it felt like you could see a ceiling light, but also you were looking at the top of the shelf. Yeah, it literally was someone and lying down. it was real down. close to them. So it's like, how low are the ceilings and or... Is there a light on the top of these shelves? Like, what is this? I think that's what it was. I think there's a light at the top of the shelves, and they were literally sticking the camera in between the top of the... Or maybe there was the hanging lights, but they were so low that it was like... There was like only like a foot in between. It was very weird. But that is where the best conversation ever happened, where yeah, he describes the conversation his, friend be- his brother beating his friend with a blender. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton Beach Blender. Hamilton Beach. Yes. I don't think they had any sponsors on this film. This episode is sponsored paid, by Hamilton Beach. I think he paid for this movie out of his own pocket. Probably. It's definitely a labor of love. Because it feels unrequited. like almost everybody in this movie has to have been friends. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and or not actors. Y- yes. <laughs> like, even the people that are established actors at this point, which by established, I mean... I think the old guy probably has the most credits to his name, the old police officer. Yeah. Uh, Because even Bruce Campbell, like, this is, like, year after Evil Dead 2 came out. I don't think he did movies in between there. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it did did hype him up because it was, like, special guest appearance by. Yeah, but every movie that he's in is like that because it's amazing because he's the best actor of all time. Right next to Charlie Sheen. It goes, like, Bruce Campbell. Then Charlie Sheen, and then Mel Gibson, top three actors of all time. The fact that two of those people are super problematic and one of those people is not. <laughs> I mean, all right, so like, is a weird balance. It's it's a it's it's balanced in the wrong way. It's skewed. Number one is Bruce Campbell. I know, I know. Still He's my weird. all-time hero of all time. Those two aren't my heroes anymore. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> That changed sometimes after the 90s, I guess, or or like early 2000s when shit started to get weird with them. Yeah. But, you know, fucking Charlie Sheen in, in Hot Shots Part Two. Hot Shots Part Two is great. And and uh, fucking The Naked Gun. And what's the baseball movie he was in? Oh, fucking minor league or major league. I love those movies where he was. That's when I grew up watching all of those. Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. That's where he became my hero. You're like, he made baseball interesting. I was like, I'm going to get a mullet and a rat tail and have zigzags carved in my head or whatever his hairstyle was. He had had like lightning bolts in the side and he had like a, a mullet and then he wore Thick frame glasses with a skull in the middle. And he was the best baseball player of all time. And that's when you knew that he was serious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's where that came from. And then, you know, What Women Want and, and Mad Max. Two the, of the best movies of two all time. Two great movies. I, I will very give you different. That. <laughs> very, very different movies, but very, very good movies. I, 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 will, I will say that. But if you, uh, if you as a man watch don't watch what women want and get a little tear eyed, you're not a real man. Yeah. Uh, but back to this movie, I forgot what happened. I mean, we were going. We find over out. The we find out that the yeah. the killer that Jared predicted immediately is 
Bill. Dun, dun, dun. Bill, the co-owner, the 49% co-owner. And he's doing it because of his love of the, the store. store. He loves the store so much that there's got to be at least one more murder. Yeah. Oh, Until also, the produce like, guy shows up, then there's got to be at least two more murders. I will say. Until Craig shows up, then there's at least three, three more, more murders. murders. Yeah. He doesn't keep counting them. It's just like, at this point, he's got to keep going. Yeah. But he said only one more. We have to state that Jennifer got her hands on a meat hook. It's very important. Oh, yeah. In, in her epic chase scene, once again, she's like, she must have learned hide and seek from Craig. <laughs> Because it's hide in plain sight. Because she was pretty good at it. It's, she hid for a long time from him. That chase was pretty long. She hid in plain sight every time, and she effectively hid. She hid so good that Bill went outside. <laughs> it's true. We don't know how, because he was right behind her, and then all of a sudden, he's right behind the produce guy. If you think Jason and Michael Myers can like teleport and have weird powers to be able to constantly catch up with people. One Michael Myers does have powers. They have nothing on Bill. I honestly think Michael Myers is a watered down version of Bill. <laughs> Michael Myers came out first. Let's calm down. I'm just saying. Halloween was point, in the seventies. Bill was shorter than some of the people that he killed and he lifted them up over his head. Yeah. I mean the one handed over the head onto the meat hook and the the instantly watch me just drag this guy by his foot and then he's on top of this table yeah without being able to fight like he did no struggle yeah exactly bill is the world's strongest man <laughs> he is the world because he was a firefighter once he was a firefighter once and Jared, parker tell tell your favorite story about parker because it does come up it comes it up does. again so he was a firefighter, and they they were there during they were, lunchtime. During lunchtime, they were there. Everybody was eating burgers, and then fucking Parker came over, and Parker grabbed his burger, and then they got a call for a really bad accident. So they all get ready, and Parker will put down the goddamn burger. So Parker gets ready with the burger in hand, and then we pull up to the accident, terrible accident, and then there's a man with a he- with a body on the ground with no head, and nobody can find the damn head. And Parker's still standing there with the burger in hand, eating the burger, and everybody had to steal themselves. Yo, to Parker's go try a to- slow eater based off this so story. So <laughs> slow. He's like, so everybody had to steal themselves to go try to find this head. So we all start going off looking forward, and none of us can find it, and Parker's just sitting there. Next thing we know, we look down nine miles south, road, whatever it was he had nine mile road the thickest accent ever and only had time sometimes he was fine and other times it's like i don't know what he just said yeah so it's like parker comes walking down nine mile road swinging with with a hair with a head being held by the hair in one hand and he's still got the damn hamburger in the other one so of course we start tossing all cookies Uh, I was almost word for word. I think I added the word fucking damn a few times, but other than you, that, you changed it a little bit, but that's pretty spot on. It's pretty spot on and it's spot on enough that in the scene when Jennifer thinks she's coming to help her boss and she helps him lift him up and all of a sudden somehow the he, all right, I can see the confusion because he definitely, the whole man was there at one point because he was wearing a white shirt. Yeah. When he was laying on the ground, you could see his arm and his head, and he's wearing a white button-up shirt. Yeah. I get it. Then he's not, because it's it's Bill, and Bill is wearing a blue shirt with yeah. his sleeves rolled up. So, uh, whatever. Um, Ignore that. He picks up the head, and then he starts chasing Jennifer with the head. Slowly. Slowly. And 
he got a ham, uh, not a cheeseburger. He got his sandwich out of the lunchroom. I, I guess he went to the lunchroom during, also, also during one here. of these chases. Yeah. And grabbed his sandwich just so that he could come out and be like, and here comes Buck with the hat in one hand and his sandwich in the other. And he's eating his sandwich covered in blood while swinging his partner's head. You just called it a hamwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be called. It's a ham and cheese sandwich should be called a hamwich. Let's 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 do a petition. Another petition. Get this get the name of this movie changed and also change the name of a ham and cheese sandwich to a ham. So this story from the beginning of the movie was just set up for a punchline at the end of the movie. Yeah. Because everything in this movie has a meaning and will be used. And if you're thinking that him having a head and his hand walking around means it will be used as a weapon, it does. It gets used as a weapon. It definitely does. Which is hilarious because I, when I first saw it, almost to death with it, I was like, he's going to hit. I'm like, I was like, he's either going to throw that head at her or he's going to do something with that head. And then he did fucking use it. Yeah. Craig, Craig, who Jared was trying to say was stabbed in the neck with a meat hook. Yeah. Uh, you think he's dead. You think he's dead because he's stabbed in the neck with a meat hook. But you, you, By you, Jennifer. You Jennifer would, stabs forget. Craig. Remember, he's a fucking superhuman. Yeah. Him Best fighter in the world. Him and Bill are super people. Yeah. This movie is about two superheroes, two supervillains battling in a grocery store. That's what this is. It really is. It's this, two demonic forces fighting in a grocery this store. This is basically a Marvel movie. <laughs> this was the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because he's not even bleeding. From he's the neck. not. Yeah, he gets the whole hook into his throat, and he is Misses delivering everything. lines perfectly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was actually kind of a great scene because this this is after the he, Bill is outside now teleportically. Yeah, and then he disappears again because he can do that, and Jennifer's like backing up. He shows her asking that he has for the help, keys. right? Like she's yeah. like looking for someone still. Yeah. And then you hear a noise in the back. It's like, oh my gosh, Bill is so fast. He ran around the entire grocery store, got in from the back, and and he's back right where the, everything started. This is a, it's a fairly large grocery store. It was store. a surprisingly like large grocery store. It's a mid-sized store. grocery store. It's not like your small hometown, like six-aisle grocery store, but it's not like a giant. Yeah, it's not like a Wegmans over there. It's something in the middle of that. And so they or definitely Ralph's for everybody out west. And there's a lot of back room. So like even if the grocery store part's not that huge, there's like so they have a full butchery and like they're butchering whole cows and shit in the back. So there's yeah. a lot of room in the back. They have a butcher area and also then the walk-in cooler and then there's the bathroom and then there's an attic and then there's a, another attic. There's an attic in the attic? Yeah. There's there might even be another one. The, there's probably I think there's an office in the attic also. But uh I mean he he did already teleport mm-hmm. from chasing her to outside once. Yeah. So it would be possible. But no. Craig. Do you, uh, Craig shows up yeah. again finally. He comes back to yeah. save the day and Jennifer bumps into him and immediately stabs him in the neck with a meat hook. Yep. I will say I And then she cries about it. She's like Craig. 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 And I knew Jerry would love this movie because we already have a thing with the name Craig. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> there is an ongoing joke with the name Craig. But I will say it's weird that he like she was trying to get out of a locked door with to no avail. He then showed her, hey, I have the keys. I have two notes on that. And then One. didn't use them to unlock the door. 
this has to have been two grocery stores because one, we saw them go in and out of that front grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was push doors. They, and were they were very flimsy. They were flimsy push doors. We watched them lock those push doors and it's just the turning knob. You yeah. don't need a key for that shit. And it's like the super turning knobs that apparently Jared's never worked before because if you've worked in like weird retail stores, they have these like locks that just spin indefinitely. I don't know why. Never really looked into it, but they just spin forever. And then to unlock it, they spin forever again. He's like, why is it taking so long? I'm like, no, that's what that's like. But uh, all the ones that I've worked at, it's been a full turn and then it clicks. Nah, man, I've, I've used those ones that spin for like a lot. Uh, but then when she's trying to escape, it looks like it's sliding doors. Yeah. And apparently and they, they need a key solid. to get out of. Also, all glass in this is unbreakable. No, oh, sorry. No, it's unbreakable unless it hits the floor. That is true. Or it's wheat or it's germ. Wheat germ. <laughs> but okay. After Craig has been stabbed, after Bill comes back mid like the second chase scene he gets her on a conveyor belt and the conveyor belt brings what we find out is a glass bottle all right you know what though real quick i'm just gonna say this i think that conveyor belt is a callback to that other time she was laying on a conveyor belt oh it totally could have been yeah once everything's a callback in this every time you see something it's coming again yeah it totally was a callback to it but Apparently they. Uh, then this is another funny Especially thing. Especially because she was just being tickled, tacked on it, and now it's it's Bill and attack, she's being actually him. attacked. But yeah, so he's coming at her and everything like that, and she grabs a bottle, which I thought was plastic, like Don Perignon or something. Yeah, like this big green bottle of some kind of liquid. Totally thought it was plastic. She hits him with it, and it sounds like <laughs> dunk, <laughs> monk. It is the most plastic sounding sound bill falls to the ground like he's dead but then she drops it and it shatters yeah i was like that's glass <laughs> it was incredible but yeah that's when the whole hidey hole thing happens and there's more chasing there's like there's, a, there's a bunch of dead bodies that are completely dismembered just yeah going down conveyor belts and then back up conveyor belts and then that's a callback because at one point a man goes down a conveyor belt and yeah. goes up a conveyor belt. And then he gets yelled at for doing that. By which Bill. Is, which is funny because Bill yelled at a completely different guy for doing that, but then he put Produce Joe's body on Yeah, you would have thought. He would have put the boyfriend's that body. But that guy had to be cut up. Nope, that wasn't him either. He has to have been the legs, right? Yeah. Because Definitely. the only time we see him again is his head in the beer cooler. Not the beer cooler Where guy. His, beer cooler guy is cut up and he's in barrels and he's got a half off sign. Yes. At the bottom of the. And he's cut in thing. half and you'd be like, oh, okay, that must have been where those imaginary legs came from. But no, his legs are with him. Yeah. I mean, unless he mix and match the legs. But then Dave, Jared loved the cinema. Jared made so much f- fun of the camera angles and everything in this movie. Except for this one scene when Jennifer's hiding in the beer cooler and Dave, her almost boyfriend's head is sitting there all fucked up from the jigsaw. Like his he, eyes are looking forward, but his mouth is turned towards the camera. Because it's, it's cut in half. Yeah. And you see Bill on the outside, like walking around and the way the lights coming in, just like, I love this. It's a really pretty <laughs> shot. And then he's like, it's going on for a really long time now. Like everything in this movie, it goes <laughs> on for too long. It like there's 
Normally, a shot only needs to hang on something for as long as it's necessary to set something up, I'm to gonna, set a scene, or to purvey a message. I'm going to say a controversial thing right now, Jared. I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. We've made some videos together. You do that, too. Yeah. I also have There's made, been times I've rewatched things you made, and I'm like, why is this so long? Because I've made like seven things. <laughs> I paid a dollar. This is still being bought. <laughs> I'm not selling my videos and people are buying them on Amazon. We don't have $130,000 or $100,000 because there's two different budgets for this. For movie. a small loan of a million dollars, we can we can completely change our lives, people. Let us make a horror film and I can make it hold on for an uncomfortable amount of time. We make, we'll make a horror film that is just a chase scene. People will be like, this is a long chase scene. Like, this is the whole movie. Whole damn this whole hour movie and a is half movie. One woman running away from one killer, and somehow the bodies of her friends just keep piling up around her. That actually be cool. That's that a would cool be premise. Don't use where that. it's like, oh, where a lot of the a lot of the horror aspect of it already happened. Yeah, and, and it's just, just starting at the final girl chase scene. You kind of had like through. It's like, skipping to the end, and it's just way too long. Yeah. It's it's literally as you as you're like as she's hiding and and getting away, you're figuring out what happened beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> this is Jamie Lee Curtis running away from Michael Myers, hiding in the closet. But that's the whole movie. We would need a lot more money than a, than a million dollars. <laughs> we're gonna get Jamie Lee Curtis and use I, the rights for I Michael didn't Myers. Say that. <laughs> we're gonna use yeah Halloween Nine, the chase. Hey, I think it could be good. I think we can do it. I think we can at least make a short film like this. Probably. I mean, we, we, if we make a fan film, we could probably not have to pay for licensing because they did that with like a Friday the 13th thing. I don't it's think actually we pretty need good. to use Michael Myers. We can use just... You're the one that brought it up. You brought it up. We Let's can use, use Bill. A, we can use a Bill-like character. Just a, a dude with his slick back hair and a just mustache. An, aver- an average-sized man in a blue polo shirt. He wasn't wearing a polo. That was a denim shirt. That was, that was a, a denim, polo shirt. No, that's a denim button-up shirt. Oh, damn. He, I is, polo he is wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Okay, well then, yeah, we'll just do something like that. It'll work out. But uh, but yeah, um, we should probably fast forward a little bit. Um, fast forward. We get to the end, finally. All right. They're outside. Final showdown. They're outside. Jennifer uh, tries to get into her, her Jeep. What the fuck happened? To, yeah, okay. Jennifer tries to get into her Jeep. That's right. Well, no. So she, first, Craig. Craig fight, tries to fight off Bill. Gets beat to death Bill, with a head. Molly womps him with a head. Just completely and utterly Molly womps him. Spends a while hitting him with this. But Jennifer runs to the bathroom to get out. because Jennifer needed time to get to the bathroom. Because yeah. Craig had let her know that he got in through the bathroom window. Thus where making he it was seem once like creeping on her before. It should be simple to get in and out of there. Yes. That's what it's uh, alluding to. Takes her about 25 minutes <laughs> to get out of this window. Yep. So much time that he mollywomps Craig and makes it to the window seconds. As she's opening. Yeah. Seconds after she gets out of it, he's already or almost he out of it. He can teleport. Yeah. Obviously. Magically. Yeah, that's true. He is Nightcrawler. He's also unkillable, uh, as we find out later. Yes. Uh, she she finally gets out. She goes the wrong way past this dumpster that she pushed pushed out of her way. Yeah. Instead of going the way that she pushed it out. Big wide opening, but she that would be off camera. She has to finish pushing out the rest of it. I need to squeeze past, be as inconvenient as possible. Gets to her Jeep, 
And that's where we find out poor Linda died. I mean, we he, knew Linda died. How did he get her in the Jeep? I don't know. He He's have, super strong. He didn't have keys for Jennifer's car. He picked it. She didn't lock it. I don't know. <laughs> He's Superman. He's got, he teleported. He, he teleported he, in the he car, unlocked have. the door, opened it, put her in, locked it, and closed it again. You know how they say that since no molecules ever actually touch. He just walked through if it. You, if you like smack a table, there's like a, like a really, really minimal, but you know, it's still possible chance for your hand to go straight through. He pushed her against the side <laughs> over and over again <laughs> until her body phased through. And uh, one of the super long knives that they have, yeah, a hundred of, yeah, like so many. When we say super long, like these are two foot long knives. Like if you look at a chef's knife and you go, "Wow, that's a long knife." These now are, imagine it comedically these are long, all twenty four yeah. inch long knives for some reason. Yeah, it's that's all it's they like, have. It's three chefs like a chef's knives long. Chef knives long. <laughs> Why was it so hard to say? Chef's like, dives long. They watched this movie and they were like, oh, Michael Myers uses a 12-inch knife. We got a 12-inch. We got a 24-inch knife. We have a 36-inch knife to yeah. go through Tim. They're they're mini swords. And so Linda falls out of the Jeep with a knife in her chest. And Bill then decides that he has to not go around the Jeep. It's better to pull jennifer from under the jeep just like and it looks like she's like holding on but not like she's just like grazing the bottom yeah and uh jared called it he was like no she's just holding the knife and then (laughs) he gets her all the way out she's like suck on this and she puts half of this 24 inch knife into this man's sternum and then he lands on the ground and the knife fucking comedically just yeah. just pops so on great. out so great i love that all the tags on amazon were like horror suspense serious and we're like no this is half comedy yeah this is a black comedy movie yeah it's just not listed as that yeah if you put that on there this movie becomes a 10 out of 10 <laughs> if you're trying to make this a horror <laughs> movie it's like a four out of 10 but watch it because it is a 10 out of 10 comedy movie <laughs> So, yeah, the knife just flies out and lands on a box right next to him. It would have been better if it landed back in him. It would have been in a different spot. He double stabbed. <laughs> like, he stabbed himself like, after falling. It flies up, comes back in. He's like, oh, you're like, oh, shit, he's still alive. Damn, not anymore. Stabbed him, and then karma <laughs> stabbed him again. So Jennifer runs. She There's a payphone booth that's Fucking been here the whole movie. Four you knew, feet away. You had to have known it was coming in because they've focused on it more than once throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, she's calling 911 and gets attacked and what would you think if the police hear a woman call and she's like he's killing all of us gives her full name gives her full (laughs) name gives the address and then starts screaming and you can hear someone attacking her what you would assume is that when you arrive on the scene that she's the killer because that's what the police do yeah because uh after bill attacks her in the phone booth by toppling it over instead of just opening the doors which were clearly not he had a cleaver and then the cleaver vanished he dropped it when it fell no he dropped it when she hit him with the phone whatever it was outside first he smashes the window on the side with the cleaver reaches in then he decides he has to push the whole phone booth over and then she escapes through the hole that he made because again everything everything has to mean something yeah and then surprise craig Craig, who's been stabbed in the neck beaten to death with the head he's back and he meekly cleavers 
I have never seen a man swing with every ounce of fiber he has inside of him and he connect, like just slows down as he connects with zero force. He's like, ah, boop, ah, boop. Yeah. And the best part of it is like, okay, so like they have the knife go in to him. They have that knife going to a few people. Yeah. Uh, they show you saw someone's face in half. There are body parts just littering this grocery store at this mm-hmm. point. Puddle, pools of blood. We watch a man get half his face trash compacted. Yep. Every scene, you see things going into somebody or being cut off of somebody. And this knife is not doing a single thing to this man. But there's blood spurting out, but there's no blood on Bill. No blood The blood where is just going cuts on are. Craig. Yeah. It, it, was, it was the meekest... It's like they ran out of special ever. effects makeup money. Yeah. That's what it has to have been. They're like, oh, shit, we spent it all on the cutting that face in half and then all the body parts we had to have. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Like Craig single handedly beat up everybody in the store, including the super strong supervillain man. Beat him he, up earlier. Then he just bashes him to death with a cleaver and doesn't chop him he just it had it's blunt force trauma yeah he used the Based back end of the cleaver <laughs> he wasn't much. though it was the blade it just must have been dull by this point maybe smashing a window with the cleaver just completely blunts the blade <laughs> just completely just no edge whatsoever. either way it still kills bill or does it because the police arrive immediately arrest jennifer and craig Cra- jennifer's Violently. like i called you guys like they multiple her times tonight, car. more than once she has called them to this store because of danger. Yeah. And all of a sudden Bill goes, they did it. They killed everybody and then dies again and then comes back to life again and then dies again. And then Bruce Campbell is the police officer that comes, goes in, spends three and a half seconds, goes, there's blood everywhere. Like, no, they're not. There's they're hidden. so they're many all bodies. The store. There's not like they're not just in the pile unless at some point right before Craig went outside to attack. Her, he was like, I got to put everybody in the middle. I'm gonna put everybody out here. I honestly think it was when when she was trying to get that window open. Bill was like, oh, give me a second. This- I have plenty of time. <laughs> She's going to take hours to get that window open. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to put everything just in the center of the store because I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Cr- Craig was basically a god. <laughs> not Craig. Bill. Bill was a god. Bill. Craig was basically um, like Craig god was of the war. red herring that was supposed to be the patsy, but it didn't make sense because it's Bill is going to do this. Craig was a happy accident. Yeah. And at this point, everybody thinks Craig is dead for like the third time. And he's like, they're going to think he did it. Like who killed him? If everybody in the store is dead, who killed Craig? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that makes sense is Bill then. Yeah. Bill, yeah. I guess he could have said he did it. He, yeah. I killed the bad guy. I stopped him. I got super strength. He got super strength. We had a super fight, and I beat him to death with a head. Like, what? Let I beat fight. him to death. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things. I don't know. It was crazy. But yeah, so they get arrested, and he wakes up again, and she screams. And then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> it, was, it was very abrupt. Uh, I told you that when the police scene was was fantastic though before you got to it because i was like just wait just wait till you see them go just wait till the cops arrive it was so unnecessarily violent like smashing the people against the it was unnecessarily violent but once again 100 percent improvised yeah i don't think they ever put handcuffs on them but at like one point bruce campbell's character walks away and i'm and craig is just still holding his hands behind his back yeah 
It's because they probably didn't have handcuffs. They were probably like, like they they were, they just made that <laughs> noise to like be like your handcuffs. I don't even think he did that. He was just like, give me your hand, and he pulls both his hands behind the back. And he's just holding them. Do you know what it is? It's the power of suggestion. <laughs> You've been arrested. <laughs> he's actually a mentalist. Yeah. Well, I mean. Bill has telekinetic powers or something because he opens his eyes and Jennifer screams, but Jennifer is looking the other way. Well, it's because she has... She's got her back to Bill. She has precognition, but not. I wish there was a sequel because I want to know if those two went to jail. Can you just imagine if there's a sequel and it's just a courtroom drama? No, what the sequel would end up being is that like, because I've seen these movies before, man. I know how these go. The sequel would be that Jennifer was so traumatized that she becomes the killer in the next one. I like the idea that or it completely that Craig does it. It completely jumps genres. I think it would be great if there was a sequel and Jennifer and Craig just go on like the lamb murder and grocery store people. That would be good. That would be. Or good. if someone actually intrudes on something. Yeah, it would be nice if there was actually an intruder. But all right, give your give your out of ten rating. All right, for a horror film that is scary, four out of ten. For the comedy that it was, 10 out of 10. Okay. Um, for me, for the... Uh, I would watch this again. I will say stance of an actual well-made movie, two and a half out of 10. <laughs> as a horror film, I'm going to say, not even a horror film, as a slasher film, I'm going to give it a five out of 10. Oh, you're right. If you're gonna if you're gonna include the slashery part, it's at least a six because the kills are amazing. The kills are really really good. It's just everything else. Everything before it it, it brought it down if from you a could, six to a if five. If you could score this movie just on the kills, it's ten out of ten. I don't know. I I I've seen more this creative, but I, Saul, I'd still say no, no. it's like this is Saul level like gore. Yeah, like Saul four and five and shit. Not yeah. the first one. Saul level like hostile level gore in a movie in 1989. It was like, I would give it like normally like a seven, but just so many other things brought it down. So I'm going to give it a five as a slasher. But I'm saying, I'm just saying comedy just kills wise, alone, just kills alone. That's 10 out of 10. If this movie was just that, it was just Bill chopping people up. I still can't, I still can't give it higher than a five comedy wise because the comedy what? felt forced. No, I'm not talking about the comedy that was scripted. And the stuff that w wasn't... I'm talking about the stuff that we thought was funny that was that definitely was, not on purpose. The stuff that was funny that wasn't on purpose, there was still way more things even in those times where I was just like, I fucking hate so much about Listen, this. Listen, the blender, the blender conversation is a 10 out of 10 right away. Oh, no. That conversation is perfect in every we, way, shape, or form aside from the Craig camera angle. used to be friends. <laughs> was it from my brother who hit him with a blender? He repeatedly? got into some hard drugs, and I mean hard drugs. <laughs> we never really find out what Craig actually did. Do you think maybe he sold somebody like coke or crack or something? Like he sold a drug and someone OD'd and died? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he only did at minimum, at max two years, because there was something about two years in there. Yeah. At minimum one year. So what kind of crime? Can you I don't know if him and Jennifer dated for two years or maybe they were broke up for two years, but I thought she said they were broke up for one year. What kind of crime can you commit that involves someone dying that you only go to jail for a year? Manslaughter. But what level of manslaughter? Like it would have to be like you had drugs vehicular, that you were going to do vehicular. and someone stole your drugs, did them in front of you, and then they died. <laughs> vehicular homicide 
because of a faulty thing in your car that you should have checked. Oh, maybe they might give you a year for that. Like, oh, I was driving and my tires were bald and they popped and I ran this child over. Maybe, I don't know. If it's a child, they're going to give you more than that. It's probably, you probably ran over. This is 1989, man. Did they care about kids that much? A little bit. Um, Aside from satanic panic stuff? Well, yeah, there was that. Plus also, isn't that when, uh, isn't around this time when the fucking, uh, the missing kids show was on? What the fuck is that called? The missing kids show? The thing that used to help kids get found. What the fuck are you the, talking about? The fucking show that used to come on about kids that were missing. The, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? That was a commercial. No, but there was an actual show about it. We've talked about it before, how kids were actually found based off of these based off of these shows. America's Most Wanted? Was it America's Most Wanted? They found people and children that way. I mean, it was started because Joe Walsh's kid was kidnapped and murdered. I don't know. Maybe it was that. I have no idea. But wasn't that on around Unsolved Mysteries? Unsolved Mysteries didn't always involve kids getting kidnapped either, but I guess that happens. Okay. Well, still, I feel like they cared a little bit about kids, but let's just say a drunk guy was walking across the street drunk. You were driving your car that was unsafe. A drunk guy on probation and he was breaking probation by being drunk. Yeah. And because of the fact that you were negligent with your vehicle, something broke thus causing you to run over the drunk guy. They're like, all right. Who was a criminal? So, I mean. They're like, all right, you got to go to jail. <laughs> but do you got to go to jail for a long time? <laughs> no. But maybe, you got to be sorry at maybe least. Maybe selling someone drugs that causes an overdose. I don't know, though. Uh, yeah, it's really I feel difficult. like you should get a lot for that. Like the whole fentanyl thing. Like if you get caught lacing stuff with that. Yeah, you should go to jail for life. You should, yeah. You're a murderer then. <laughs> It's still, it's like, like putting a gun to somebody's head. Don't be cheap. Yeah. Just mix the cocaine with baby laxatives like you used to. Yeah. Or, you know, be fun and mix it with like sour, the the, the sour candies. What is that? That would be hilarious. What no, those, just citric what acid. Ones? Just citric acid. No, what are those? Uh, this, this, the, not the sweet tart. Uh, sweet, the, what are the sour ones? Which sour candy? This, like the ones that are like sweet tarts, but fucking sour. I don't know. Sour sweet tarts? Sure. I don't eat sweet tarts. They're gross. They taste like chalk. I like sweet tarts. I can't have them anymore, but sugar. Sour Skittles. If you just take the powder from those, yeah. which is citric acid. But the colors is important. <laughs> I mean, that part, but a part that makes them sour is just the citric acid. Sure, but yeah, the colors. You just mix it with that, and you're like, oh, this cocaine is so <laughs> sour. <laughs> Dude, it wouldn't even be like it would be sour. You'd be like, oh, it fucking burn. You could have different flavors of it. Like you could make, you could cut it with tahini. <laughs> you won't <laughs> taste them in your nose. Like you might smell it. It'll drip to the back of your throat. I don't know. I've never done these things. Anything that goes in your nose drips to the back of your throat. I don't know that. Do you? Did you do that? Have you never used nasal spray? No, I don't like things in my nose. I hate those. You've never just to clear up allergies. No, you sniffle enough to know that you don't do that. <laughs> I have. I don't like them. So I don't think about the experience of what happens. Every afterwards. time I've ever used like any type of nasal spray, I spray it into my nose and then I taste it. That's liquid. That's not powder. doesn't matter. Anyway, so that's another episode of the Dark Room podcast. Thank you.
for joining us. You can find this wherever you get your podcast, but the best place to do that's going to be on our website. What's that website, Kyle? Podcast Network.com. That's R-U-M-R-U-N-N-A-S Podcast Network.com. Yep, you can find that there. If you have a if you have a show and you'd like to join the network, you can do that same place, right on the front screen. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dark Crumb Podcast. And if you have any scary stories, any mo- any really bad but so bad it's good horror films that you'd like us to talk about, any sexy Bigfoot fan fiction, any of that stuff, you can email us at darkroomstories at gmail.com. There you go. You can do any of those things. Send us spooky, sexy stories. Yep. But until the next time, everybody, don't trust people that were firemen? Don't don't trust your boss. He's going to kill you because he loves the store. That's better. And stay spooky.